welcome to Nafam the podcast. Welcome. Welcome. I swear we're going to change the music one of these days. Maybe. Yeah, Why we would will. we? We need something a little more lively. Listening to the other podcasts we listen to, just a little, maybe not more lively, but a little more fitting. I just feel like the, mm-hmm. the vibe doesn't quite match. Speaking of podcasts, I just want to bring up with you really quickly. I, um, you know, Rick Rubin's podcast, I don't typically listen to it. And for some reason, something compelled me to press play today on a three and a half hour episode. Whoa. And it's so good. I want, you should listen to it. I'm not obviously through it yet, but it's about, um, he's interviewing Richard Rudd, who is a poet, mystic, and teacher. And you don't know who Richard Rudd is? I don't. Oh my you do? God. You do? No. Okay. I don't. He, but you know who he is? He's one of the initial people that was involved in the development of the, well, he wasn't involved in development, but in the sort of, um, evangelist, what I, should I say evangelization of human design? Like the guy that, you know, you're familiar with human design. Yeah. Um, but the guy that came up with it had this epiphany that was presented to him. He, he ended up like getting taught under him and getting like copyrights for the curriculum. And he was able to develop, it's like teach his own program. He has since left the program cause he felt that it, he wasn't in agree with some of the philosophies but he is very much into human design he's developed these things called gene codes like i am like what so program did he leave fascinated human design he, okay it, like okay. they started a program and i think maybe somewhere um somewhere in in europe then they he was like given like lead and like implementing and you know developing and whatever that program and like getting it off the ground but he gave a little more history about the guy I forgot his name now already who developed it or came, who came up with it or had the had the insights and then started recording these insights he was obviously under the influence of plant medicine and had been living in the i forget where he was living is it obvious where is, for what reason is it obvious where is it where was it that he went he he just like left his life one day he said that like he was driving not this guy the guy that did, that came up with human design this and is it was a really in the bad story. 90s I think he was just driving one day he was at a gas station and he stopped in to get gas and something struck him and he just said, Hey, where's the back door? And the employee said it's back there. And he went out the back door and he kept walking and he never came back and he ran away from his life. And now I'm trying to remember where he settled. Was it like, Oh my God, was it in Italy? He ended up living in the woods for a few years. Like the whole thing's super woo woo and trippy, obviously. But anyways, that all of that aside, um, he he came from the world this guy this guy Rudd, Richard Rudd came from the world of human design and has kind of developed his own sort of way of life and his own sort of framework using many things human design the I Ching um, sacred geometry I'm not going to do any of that justice but so I'm I'm not even halfway through the podcast but I just that just occurred to me I totally forgot to tell you about that today yeah. You did. Cool stuff. You did. <laughs> How do you know that the other guy, who shall remain anonymous for right now, that ran name. away from his life yeah. into the woods of Italy, um, developed all this under the influence of plant medicine? Well, I think that's what he said. I think that's what he was okay, saying. So I think he Rudd openly admitted it. That that was I think case. he openly admits it. I mean, okay. if you've listened to him talk, um, I have, because when I first got into human design, when you, when you like, sign up for some of the subscriptions like he tell it's his voice narrating the definitions and so you're like oh yeah um 
Okay, so his original name was Alan Robert Krakauer, and he changed his name to Ra, R-A, Uru-Hu, in 1992. He went under that name, and he developed um, the human design system following a mystical experience in 1987, which I have heard him detail, and it is quite trippy. And you're like, yeah, he definitely was not <laughs> in this okay. world when, obviously, that happened. But um, fascinating stuff, Jim. Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, you'll have to report back after you finish the episode, and I'll have to listen to it. Yeah. I'm also interested in this week. We're going to get to a few things here, but I'm sorry to just jump right in. Good. I've been really... Um, it's better than hello. This week, I've been interested in learning a little bit more about the Celtic culture and um, just getting sort of introduced to a lot of that and obviously sort of seeing the through line with all the different major world religions, spiritualities, philosophies, whatever we're doing assigned to what they are. Um, but just just fascinating stuff. And um when you mention the Celtic world, because I don't know anything about this. Yes. Are you referring to the It's more... a culture and learning. It's just a culture. Okay. Right? Hold on. I'll look it up for you. But ask your question. Well my question was, you know, when you when you talk about the um Let's just say Outlander and the the stones mm-hmm. and the um, uh, paganism. I don't know. If, I don't know if Celtic. You know, if that's if paganism falls in line exactly with that. If that's relatively the same thing. But is it is it the culture of a region or it's a, is it? It's a region. Um, it is. So okay, so Celtic is is an adjective, is relating to the Celts or their languages, which constitute a branch of Indo-European family and include Irish, Scottish, Gaelic, Welsh, Breton. How's that? How you say it? Cornish and several extinct pre-Roman languages such as Gaulish. So, I think it's like it's a it's a geographical region, right? Yeah. I also think it's a time period and. Uh, like the practices, like the religious practices of that culture, I was reading to that, like they're actually just found all over the world. So the true origins, I think, aren't really necessarily defined. So this is another thing that you'll report back on when you learn more about it. Will I? Well, Will I don't I know? know, maybe. What was your... Um, My question was, when you talked about the Celtic and wanting to learn about that culture... Mm-hmm. As I know now, it's a culture. You know, was that like just a regional, um, obviously, like you just said, but I didn't know if it was kind of more geared toward that. And again, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but that. I don't, um, and I don't either. I mean, you know, we think of it Heavenly more... Mother, Nature, Spiritual, like, you know. Yeah, I think, you know, people like to think of like a lot of witchery or like, yeah. but it's also, you know, it also. The, like I think it also is entwined with Christianity, and it's just sounds like it encompasses a lot more. It's, yeah, it's, it's a yeah. very broad. Yeah, definition. Um, early church type stuff too, maybe. Um, but another definition says when you describe something as Celtic, you mean that it is connected with the people and the culture of Scotland, Wales, Ireland, and some other areas, okay. um, such as Brittany. Um, so I sound like an idiot asking these questions because they're very dumb questions, but. Well, I sound I like an idiot know. trying to answer them. So, so okay. but they're just, you know, their customs and ways of life were very tied to the earth. And, you know, so it's just like, it just entails a lot of ancient wisdom. So it's interesting stuff. And I have 
you know, some Irish roots in me. So I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, I think that I feel, feel a little maybe more connected here to this. Okay, cool. And you have Irish roots. I do. Quite um, a bit. Quite a bit. I was going to look up real quick. Because it's not, again, it's Scotland, parts of England. And so if I'm going to look at all of that, I am 21% that region. So that's a fair amount yeah. of my DNA. Yes, it is. And then it sparked a deeper pursuit into my that branch of my family tree on my Ancestry.com. And so I started looking back more. And I've always asked my dad, like, oh, did, you know, your Irish relatives come from did they did they emigrate to the u.s as a result of the pa- potato famine like were they part of that he's like i don't think so and then i find this um <laughs> picture of a gravestone of one of the original family members that came here and i'm 99.9 percent certain that he's the guy that i think he is and that i'm directly descended from him and if that's the case it literally says on his gravestone because there's a photo of it online that he is it says irish famine immigrant and so i was like oh that's really interesting so i'm trying to like tie that more i mean and it did say like even if he specifically wasn't one of them everybody else that came here during that time period (coughs) came during the irish famine so Mm -hmm. it's like everybody they the apparently the irish immigrants that came over during that time were being displaced from ireland so yeah and that was, did he come over in the 1800s? Um, that- yeah, yeah, I don't have the exact year, but I do know the one, the guy that I do know for sure, and I think this is his dad. But the, So the guy that I got for sure that's my guy, he um, came over in around 1850. Hmm. Came to New York and then came to Michigan in 1870. Almost positive that his dad is who I think he is. He was born in 1804. Probably came over with his family at that time too, so... And then the whole chunk of them just bought up the whole bunch of farmland in Owasso. I know. And there's a lot of them. <laughs> I know. I always that that's the part that always fascinates me is the migration of you know these areas, certain areas that came over together, or maybe not together, but then found each other in some way or another and settled kind of in these little groups. A lot of times. Well, yeah, of course they did. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? <laughs> I'm just thinking about today. It's very easy. You have technology, you have a cell phone, you can get Uh on, you know, you can call somebody and, oh, you live there. Okay, I can get there in, you know, hours. Thinking back then when you get on a boat and you take a boat over and you would check in in New York and you would have to get, you know, go through immigration and all the things they went through. And then it's like, oh, you have relatives. And I mean, the the, the effort to pin that all down and communicate that. Well, I think a lot of them came over together and then maybe would send back for more relatives later. But when it comes to the Irish famine, and I don't know what I'm talking about here, but... They were sending them over by the hundreds of boatloads and mostly yeah. sent to the U.S. 70% of the of them were sent to the U.S., but hundreds of boats were never accounted for. And people were dying on the boats. Like, it was not good conditions. That's so. crazy. Um, is that crazy, Jim, as you're looking at your phone? It is crazy. Did you even hear what I said? I did. That hundreds of boats just disappeared. Yeah, unaccounted for. Unaccounted for. I think that that is crazy. And I'm pretty – and I think the conditions in which – even the ones that got here were pretty harsh. I went on my phone because okay. I have a coworker whose grandfather's grandfather. I don't know what what does that make. That's not. It's like great great grandfather or something relation. Okay. Wise. This, um, yeah. 
was pretty pr- prominent in the Detroit area, and he came from Scotland. Okay. And so he came over in 1882, and I was trying to his. He was a son of a blacksmith. Ended up becoming an engineer and ended up, um, I think, being president of DTE for a long time, mm. quite a number of years. And what decade was that, or what century? In the early 1900s. Okay. And I think actually Henry Ford. Um, might have worked for him. Anyway, I don't have all the information here, but to think about, you know, where a lot of these people came from, and I know that still happens today is, you know, the immigration patterns and stuff, and they, they come from these backgrounds, and it's like, you know, farming, you know, this one was a blacksmith and stuff, and then the career opportunities and paths that they took and what they ended up becoming, you know, over here. It's just, it's pretty amazing to think of how you transition and how you get to there in such a short period of time. Yeah. You know? Get transitioned from where? Well, I said this one was from Scotland. You're talking Ireland and stuff. But you come to a foreign country. You might may or may not speak the language. You come over. You Whether you yeah. get educated or learn the skills or whatever else and become, again, you come from this family of farming or being a blacksmith or doing something else mm. to mm-hmm. an engineer or mm-hmm. whatever path that is mm-hmm. to these other opportunities that just seem, I mean, that is, I think, back you know, in the 1800s and stuff, and early 1900s, what everybody was striving for that made this country so popular. Yeah. The opportunity, well, obviously. Mm-hmm. That's all. Okay. Well, do you know that he didn't have <laughs> a lot of opportunity over there, though? Like, well, I, with the, the potato famine we, that well, your relatives exactly. came from, people were escaping because they oh, were dying. They had yeah. no no food. That, yeah. they, they came from that that's life. Why, I know. That's why yeah. I'm uh, now I'm... I'm fascinated by this. I can't you, speak in 1880 you know, when this one, when, you know. The coach lady I see, when I first started seeing her like a year ago, she was interested in my ancestors. And I did tell her that it's some Irish. And one of her first questions was, oh, were you any of your ancestors um, that you know of, like any part of the potato famine, the Irish potato famine? I'm like, oh, I, I don't think so, you know. And it didn't dawn on me. And then I see this and I'm like, wait a minute. Of course they were. <laughs> and I just never really had done much reading up on what the conditions were around that. And I'm like, oh, wow. It's well, when interesting. You, when you mentioned that, to, sorry to cut you off. No. Nope. When you mentioned that to me, you know, I don't remember from when we were in school really learning about that. We, I'm, no. sure, we, I'm sure we did, but I don't remember anything about it. I think that was it. about it. Yeah, but <laughs> there was a famine. The only reason I actually was like when you said that, I actually had a little bit more insight into it was from studying with one of our kids. Oh, really? Yeah, and okay. being like, oh, we, you know, in the last couple of years, I remember talking more about mm-hmm. this and about what this did to that region and, mm-hmm. you know, how it affected the people there. I mean, it was devastating. Yes, and, you know, people that are into this topic of ancestral wounds, intergenerational trauma. There are a lot of cultures and a lot of points in history which are centered around that topic. And the potato famine is for the Irish or the, yeah, is one of them. So, and I don't know that anything about that. I just know it gets mentioned as it relates to that, those topics. Um, so, yeah, because I think about like my family that came from Sweden, like I, I think they were listed as farmers as well. My family that came from Germany, they were shoemakers. I don't know what their what their status was as far as access to resources or what their lifestyle was like. I I've been told in Sweden that like although my direct relatives were not, but like cousins are the royal family. So like maybe third or fourth cousins of the royal family over there. So I'm like, well, they couldn't have been too well 
harsh off like why did they come over here <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like was it did it you know did it pan out the way they wanted it to um i don't know because that was actually my mom's dad he came over when he was three and you know he went on to be college educated and had a, a pretty you know successful career um I don't know that he couldn't have gotten that over there too, though. And maybe they just wanted something different. I don't know. I don't even know the conditions. I'm not even. Maybe my mom knows. I'm not sure, but yeah, I think a I lot mean, of it probably has to do they, with the time period that when they actually yeah, they immigrated over, over was yeah. that you know because they didn't come over until yeah. 1920. That's pretty late. Whereas the others came over in the 1800s. I might. Everyone on my dad's side of the family came over in the 1800s before World World War One and. Yeah, yeah, there's a stark I, difference, I, I think, between the reasons think, for people. Maybe. Yeah, early 1800s yeah. to mid-1800s is when everybody else came over. And then my mom's Finnish side, I don't remember when they came over. They obviously came up from the UP like everybody else did or landed in the UP first before they came down and ended up in Detroit. So anyways, cool, fascinating stuff. Fascinating stuff. I'm excited to learn more about Celtic things, all things Celtic. Um, well, I am interested in hearing what you've learned about <laughs> these Celtic things. You know, when I think about Celtic, I think about the stones and I think about uh, Lorraine and McKennett, the, 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 the song, song, you know, music, like, but I know, I don't know anything about the cultural side of, like I said, like you said, it's, it's very expansive. It's, it's a whole culture. It's not just these, I guess what I'm saying is, please edit this. <laughs> no. But the, the little tidbits when I hear Celtic, all kind of go to this theme of this, you know, kind of enchanting yes. like space. Yeah, it's 100%. Very, it's, it's, it's very no, much confined to that as far as my shaman, knowledge of it's it. It's like shamanism. It's right. all that stuff and very much in relationship with the land and ritual and, yeah. Exactly. Yes. And that's like when we talked last episode about where you want to go and I said Ireland, that's what I meant. I didn't mean like Dublin, Ireland. I meant like rural ireland where my ancestors came from cork mm-hmm. i would want to go there yeah i wouldn't i'm not necessarily i told you i've been there. interested I've in been there. you have i told you this yes I've when been did to you cork. tell me that what was it like i don't remember when did you much. go the first euro trip i did okay we went to dublin to cork and then took a ferry over from cork to what's France. the population cork? i i don't remember was it all. like a big city we stayed in a bed and breakfast i I mean, no, I definitely don't remember it being like a big city. I guarantee we didn't see most of what yeah. was there because we were, you know, going by train, traveling by train. So mm-hmm. I think we stayed there because we could take a ferry from there to France, if I recall. But it definitely not a major city like Dublin or anything like that. I mean, you right. know, more out in the country. Irish countryside yeah, I think, type stuff. I think, and I, again, don't quote me on this. I think a lot of Ireland is like that. Well, yeah, that's what I kind of picture in yeah. my mind yeah. anyway. Me, me too. And I definitely <laughs> not want to speak about that intelligently. But Okay. So you have COVID. Welcome to the COVID club. Let's talk COVID. Let's talk all things COVID. I do. I COVID do. I is thought I might have escaped it. shit crazy bitch name COVID. Right? I don't know. No There's a lot of words. He's a he and he's a batshit crazy bitch. I do not like COVID. I am on the mend. I forgot. Oh, you, you said a thousand times better today. I forgot and then quickly remembered the COVID experience. It's weird. It's a different, it's a different virus. It's like, I don't know. 
it's weird. It just it, it tricks you every time. So you tested positive for it last Saturday. In my for my second time, I've had it once before. Yep. And you tested positive, and I was like, okay, I feel fine. Mm-hmm. And we got till Tuesday, and I tested Tuesday, and I tested negative, and I still felt fine. There were a couple little um, things during the week that I was like, am I getting something? And then go away. No, I'm not getting anything. Everything's fine. And I mean, like minor symptoms, I would say. Maybe a slight headache or something. Very stressful week for me at work for a number of reasons. And then you were sick all week. So I'm like, you know, you start to you start to feel that a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, it kind of rubs off on you. Are you you're dealing with this? Do I have any of these same symptoms? Ultimately, I'm like... No, it's in my head because I feel completely fine. Mm-hmm. And then I came home today and we had plans to go out. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm going to test before we go out. Just as Well, a- I said that. I said, you need to test before yeah. we go out because I wouldn't want my friend. You need to test one last time. Yep. Make sure you're actually in the clear. Yep. I wouldn't want my friends exposed. And it came up and we're like, good, it's negative. Yeah. And then, oh, 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 oh wait, oh, that's oh, a oh, line. Oh, wait, wait, there's a line coming on. Because normally in the past, it's, right I've had the same experience you have yeah. where you do the test Mine, and it shows up and right it's like, away. right away, there's yep. a line. Yeah. Not this time. Yeah. It was, it was, it wasn't a, much of a delay, but it was enough of a delay where it didn't look like it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh shit, there it is. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, my chest feels a little bit tight mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I just feel a little bit worn out. And I'm like, okay. If I didn't test, would I feel this right now? But I'm worried yes, about... Yes, you would. I'm because w- you also sound... I can tell you have it okay. now. You're coughing. Okay. I got you like, your little... <laughs> I got, yeah, that's the that's the one thing that's like... But the weather's kind of changed a little bit. It's been weird this week. I got on the treadmill yesterday. My run yeah, sucked. Yeah, but then you... That's my point. Is This is the same... This is what she... He... I'm sorry. COVID does to all of us. <laughs> it's like fucks with you for a few days. It's like, oh, that's just got to be the weather. That's so weird. And then all of a sudden... Boom. Yeah. Here he is. So what I'm He's dreading arrived. what I'm dreading is now <laughs> is that this is just the start of it, delayed a week from yours. Yeah. And I'm gonna go through that same sinus congestion, awful, just gross, mm-hmm. nasty. You lost your smell okay, on and off. So this is the thing though. This is this is this is the you gonna tell me you were milking it all week? No. You the me? first time I got you got COVID, it was nothing. So shut the fuck up, okay? And, <laughs> I'm hoping my experience is. And the you were same just like, time. Oh yeah, it's like this little thing right through and it was like annoying and I just feel like I had and this then, dull headache and my head was not clear. I could not think clearly, but at the same time it, it I wanted to sleep. Uh-huh. But it didn't really impair me other than like yeah. I just feel a little I feel worn out and I feel gross and I have this headache. But it was weird, but that's it compared to yours. The first time I had COVID I, and it was the same thing, same onset. It was like for like a maybe 24, 48 hours. It's like, this is probably, there's something in my throat, but I, I frequently, well, this will happen. This isn't abnormal. So, okay, so the weather must be weird today or like, okay. And then it goes away and it's non-existent, but then maybe you, then you wake up one morning and it's like there, but then it's gone after an hour. And, and then all of a sudden it's just there. And then it just slowly builds and builds. And I remember last time, like, so that's what happened, right? And it's just like, okay, all of a sudden I'm getting the chills. Like last time I did get like, I think a very low grade fever that I think lasted 12 hours, if that. And you just have that flu feeling. Like I, I think I had this, this is what it feels like to have the flu. You just feel weak. You feel like you get the chills a little bit. You're tired. With COVID, I get insomnia. 
I can't sleep. I'll sleep maybe five hours tops a night. And it's like all you want to do because you don't, you're just weak or whatever. Um, when you can't go out, you can't do anything. So it's like, well, I may as well sleep and get past well, and this you also time don't and feel crappy. Feel great. You right, just want I mean. to sleep through it. Right. So I had that last time. I called it wired tired and it just went on and on. And oh, wired same tired. Is thing that trademarked? This time. It was like, okay, here we go. But okay, you also forget. You're just like, well, this isn't that bad though. Like, I don't mm-hmm. feel that bad. Yeah. That's the whole thing. It's like not, at least for me, it's not that bad. It's just kind of like, eh, okay. But it's like, it's like this feeling of like, oh, I'm about to get the flu or I'm just getting over the flu, but it's not the full fledged, like, you know, when you have, like, you know, really sick, at least for me, anyways, I'm just like fully in the fever, fully in the can't, whole thing. Can't move, just want to curl up and just yeah. feel like you want to die. We'll be like that for several hours yeah. or whatever. Like, it doesn't get to that. It's just no. kind of like, all right, I can handle this. And you just have this feeling of like, you're going to wake up feeling better tomorrow, but then you don't. And then the next day happens and you don't again. And then the next day happens and then it's like, oh, I think that part went away. It's not in my chest anymore. Now I have a massive fucking head cold. Uh Now it's all in my fucking nasal cavity. And then it's like, okay, well, that sucks. But at least I don't feel like I have the flu anymore. Now I just have a terrible head cold. And then that lasts for a few days or a couple of days. And it's that you're like, okay, you know what? This is going to go away soon. And then it starts to clear up a little bit and you're like, okay, all right. And then you lose your fucking smell and then you lose your sense of (laughs) smell. And that happened last time for three straight days, which is a scary feeling when you have no sense of smell. You start to think about how like, well, what if I can't, what if I don't get it back? Or what if there's a fire and I'll never be able to smell danger again. And you just, however, I noticed that COVID shuts down my ability to have like that adrenaline surge anxiety. Like I don't, I can't find myself getting scared about it or like something that normally might be like, oh, I don't want it. That might be, it just suppresses it. So I'm like, well, that's interesting. So you're just kind of like, okay, waiting it out. And then once your smell is gone, but you're also sort of drying up because it's not, it's not because you're congested that your smell is gone. It's just gone. It's latched onto something in there. Then you start to just feel not of yourself. You just feel like there's decay in your brain or something. Something has taken over your brain and you're not fully yourself and everything is just weird. And then you remember what a fucking crazy ass bitch COVID is (laughs) because you're like, what is going on? I'm supposed to be feeling better. So much has cleared up, but now my brain's a mess and I can't smell anything. But I also still feel kind of weak. And I don't really, it's just bizarre. I don't, it's like, who am I? I don't even know who I am anymore. Um, that's exaggerated. <laughs> but well, I do want to say one other thing yep. before I, the COVID phlegm, I forgot about this oh too. Oh my God, don't Once it starts started. to dry up, it's like rubber cement. That's the only way I can describe it. I'm like, what is coming out of my nose and out of my coughs right now? It's like this sticky, 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 translucent white stuff. And it's... Like, well, no wonder, like, I can't get this out of me. It's stuck in me. Like, you can drink all the water you want in the world, but it's just, like, goobered in you. And also, I got the COVID cough this time. I didn't get the COVID cough last time. And that cough... Why are you pointing at me? Why are you waving your finger? It's awful. 
I haven't slept for two nights because I wake up with coughing fits. Trust me. I'm confident I'm aware today. of that, and it sucks <laughs> for me, too. Today, I feel much better, much, much better. Oh, yeah, you're way better I can today. still tell in my voice it's still not there. My smell is back. This time, I never lost my smell 100%. I would lose it for a few hours. <laughs> Every day, I'd lose it for a few hours, and then it would come back. I I am so glad I didn't I have that experience. Where swear to and God, if I lose it I again, am, it better be back for oh, good. I'm... <laughs> I don't want to jinx myself here. Uh-huh. You've had a candle next to the bed. Mm-hmm. Just so periodically you can wake up and see if you can smell the candle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you bring a coffee bag over. So I didn't can... do that this time. A couple I did that the first did. time. A couple times The first day I did it when it was the worst. Because yeah. the first time I had COVID and I lost my smell completely for a few days, every once in a while I would dig my head in a coffee bag and I'm like, ooh, do I smell it? But I think I was tasting it. But either yeah. way, it was something. You could you could and tell. That, and when as I started to gain my smell back for the first time around, it would come in and out and how I would know was the coffee bag. It was like the one thing that could pick up uh-huh. traces of something. Well, I thought it was funny because the other night, morning, I don't know when it was, at some point you woke up. I don't even know. Whatever. You grab the candle off your nightstand to see yeah. you could smell it. Uh-huh, and you're like, I can't it's really smell strong. it. And I was like, give me the candle. <laughs> I'm like, I think you're overreacting here. Like, I, no, and Jim. then, and then I put up to my nose. Oh yeah, this it's is a strong smell. You can't candle. miss the smell of this candle. No, you cannot. The fact that you can't smell that. Yep. Okay. This is. It's I was real. so dumb the first time. I don't even. Know I was thinking like, I remember the first time oh I my had God. COVID. Don't did you really I, want to admit to this? I figured it out because I was like, everything tastes really gross. I remember I was texting. I was like, oh, why does everything taste so gross all of a sudden? This is bizarre. And you were like, oh, I'm sorry, honey. Hopefully, it doesn't last long. And you're like, can you smell? And I'm like, wait a minute, can I smell? And all of a sudden, I started running all over the house trying to smell things, and I couldn't smell. I'm like, oh my god, I lost my smell. That's why everything tastes so awful. It t- everything tastes had this rotten taste to it. And then I'm such an idiot. I'm like trying to test every potentially very potent thing I could think of, aside from gasoline, thank God. But I was sniffing bleach. You would have been better off with gasoline then. I was like going to the bourbon. I was trying to find all these, you know, of course, essential oils and stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm like, that's probably not a good idea to be like whiffing bleach right no, now. You no, know? it's not. But it's Burn so – that's why and... it's scary because you right. don't feel any of it. You literally – all of a sudden – it took me a minute to register. I'm like, oh, no. That was really bad probably. Exactly. <laughs> and you don't even think about it because you just have no sense of smell. Yeah. Well, here's what I'm going to say about it because obviously at this point I got it from you. We had somebody sick in the house a week ago. Yeah. And I would have thought, well, if we got it. We got it together. And we like, so it took we me did seven days to get it. So we did not separate from each other if because I got I'm it like, from that okay, person. if I get it, I'm getting it the same time you did. So last weekend when you tested positive Saturday, uh-huh. I had a, a lot of work stuff going on this week, a big deadline today, uh-huh. and some other stuff. So I spent most of Sunday working, trying, and like, if I get sick, I got to be prepared. I got to be mm-hmm. prepared. And I find it interesting that, and granted, it was almost a week after yours mm-hmm. is that made it all week got through all of the things i needed to get through and all of a sudden i'm like oh i really feel it now mm-hmm. when so i was thinking about wim hof and i was thinking about the breathing and uh-huh. talking about how like you can like mentally will it out of you will it out of you <laughs> and i was thinking not that that happened i'm not uh-huh. going to say like that but at the same time the juicing and the you know the breathing and all of the things yeah. it's like is there a part of me that was able to delay the onset of it. it took me seven days to get it. Why wouldn't it take you seven I, days? Well, to get I would it? like to. I want to give myself this credit <laughs> well, for it hindsight, being like. It was. Pro- I probably had it my yeah. many days before that, and it just took that long to yeah. manifest. I really just want to feel like the juices and the eating. No, Jim, because I do that all the time. I know you do. That's don't don't, don't take away. Don't I'm take sorry, this from me, please. Don't sorry, but no. 
Yeah. I will be very curious to see, though, how you get this one because well, I know you had such a mild version last time and last time yeah. we did not get it together so if we gave it to each other this time that means I'm thinking we had the same bug and so I'll just be really curious how you respond to it because you you like if you get a head cold you don't get bad head colds but if we both get the flu you seem to get the flu worse than I get the flu oh, I've, yeah you seem to be down longer I get than pneumonia me. from the flu and it was fucking terrible yeah well even the one time you didn't get pneumonia you were awful you were like ridiculous like apparently you oh jim can't talk anymore guys apparently he can't talk or be awake he's just sleeps for 72 hours straight and he's not allowed to talk he doesn't know how he lost the ability to talk let me hibernate through it and then i don't have to really deal with it it sucks as it is so let's just okay i'm sorry it's a little dramatic it's a little dramatic (laughs) so here's the thing i'm gonna say about this (laughs) it's february 2nd for the record Uh uh-huh clearly Nobody talks about it anymore. It doesn't really matter. Most people don't test, but there's a spike right now. I know two other people that have it currently in their households. They have it. And like, I haven't really talked about COVID in, I don't know, I mean, a year. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like it's like over the last couple of months, I'm like, you you probably have COVID. I can hear your cough. I can hear this. I can mm-hmm. hear that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're not testing. You're just doing the thing. You stay home for a couple of days and then you come back, but you probably have it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm, right. But I at the same time, it's do. like, yeah, it's like, oh, I took a couple of days off. I felt a little better and I came, you know, came back to work or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm just kind of surprised from, I haven't talked to anybody about COVID in the longest time. And I'm like, oh, just today I found out two other people have COVID right now. So. Okay. I'm just saying, I think there's an uptick. So if you think you have COVID, of course there is. You probably do. (laughs) Yeah, of course there is. It's that time of year. It is. I feel like a lot of people got it around Christmas time. I was hearing about it a lot then. Okay. So I deal with people mostly that don't talk about these things. Yeah, because you know, COVID's political. (laughs) It doesn't exist if you don't test Uh and you don't talk about it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so I am thankful that I made it through this week because this was. Again, work related. If something happened to me, it would have been fine. Don't you? No isn't deal. it good that like I'm but, conscientious enough that I do those things though, and I and I do test and I do talk about it? Because if I didn't, you know, you could have exposed yourself to somebody that would have been very vulnerable to it this yeah week. So you're welcome, people, world, for conscientious people like me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm just saying that like it's serious, and certain people should not be exposed to it. Yes. And people need to be, first of all, the people that shouldn't be exposed to it need to be adamant about asking the people around them what their situation is at home. You know what? But also, like, just be a good person. How about that? Yeah, but that that is the biggest thing is people are afraid, I think, to say that. Like, yeah. I, I made sure on Monday I had some important meetings to attend. And on Sunday I was like, my wife's got COVID. I, I, I'll do these virtually. It's not convenient, but this is how this is going to, you know, mm-hmm. I, I want to check in with you, at least make sure that that's like what you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to show up knowing that you have COVID, even though I have no symptoms. Mm-hmm. And then I did go to work this week and I tested mm-hmm. um, on Tuesday and when I tested negative stuff, but I made sure I told people like, my yeah. wife has COVID. I have no symptoms, but I'm just letting you know, like I, you know, you can keep your distance and stuff. And mm-hmm. a lot of people were like, eh, whatever. Like mm-hmm. I, but I made sure to at least put right. the notice out there exactly. that like, hey, look, this is where I'm at. So yeah, I don't know what their situations are. Right. But I want to make sure that I tell them like, I'm, I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel fine. But at the same yeah. time, you don't know. So yeah, yeah. the post COVID era. The post COVID era. Still COVID <laughs> era. Anyway. Yeah. So yeah. So it's been. Uh, I just, I just, I'm I, fascinated by the difference in 
viral feeling because it's familiar in the and from both the flu and the cold, but yet it's so different. And COVID tastes different. The mucus tastes different. It's got, like I said, it's got rubber cement texture. This cough is weird. This cough was so weird. It's like, I don't even feel it in my lung. It's not even like if you have like a bronchitis type thing or if you have a flu thing and you're just like, and you feel it. It's like, I'll be talking all of a sudden, blah, blah. And all of a sudden this cough comes up and it sounds disgusting. It's like, holy shit, is there a pound of mucus in my lung that I didn't know about? You sound like a disgusting individual right now. It's so real, Jim. It's just real life. (laughs) It is real life. And I'm glad I haven't had that yet. You might though. I hear you though doing the... (laughs) I started I know, with that. I've had that tickle so in the back of my throat where it like comes, too. you get it lubricated a little bit and then it feels fine. But then all of a sudden it's like it, it totally hours later, you feel that little dryness again. And then it's yeah. And especially at night is when that comes and goes. Yeah. Which is the worst because you're, you know, trying to sleep or trying to wind down and then you feel that cough. And you're like, damn it. So anyway. Like said, the worst part for me is losing the smell. I feel like. Yep. Some people are like, oh, yeah, I haven't had my smell back since December. I'm like, and you're okay with that? Like, you, either you're lying because – and it's not fully gone or, like, you're just, like, not human. Because when you lose your smell, seriously, it was terrible. Like I said, nothing tasted good to me. Everything tasted rotten. I've heard this. I've heard about it would people be, losing it for over a year. I know. And some people never have gotten it back. I so. know. To me, that's – it, it sounds so – it seems unbelievable. So many worse things could but happen to it, a person. But like, but honestly. Doesn't it seem unbelievable? Like, I don't believe you that you have no smell at all. Like, well, and I, I know that there are people in this world that don't have, that were born with no sense of smell. Oh, oh, of course. Of course. It's just, it just, when someone nonchalantly mentions to me like, oh yeah, I haven't that's, had mine for six weeks. I'm like, that's what are I'm you sure about. that you haven't had it for six that's weeks? Because you seem, about. it doesn't yeah. seem to be, bo- you don't seem to be too bothered by it. That's what I'm talking about. It's like, <laughs> are you sure? Yeah. If I didn't have it after <laughs> six weeks or a, a year, I'd be like, this sucks. I don't know that I would just be like, Meh, whatever. It's fine. Because, and I haven't lost it, but like you said, your ta- it, it messes up with your, ta- messes your taste buds up and everything. I mean, it totally changes mm-hmm. many other things. So it's not just like, oh, it's my smell. It also affects your other senses and how you react and respond to things. Yeah. So I am thankful that I didn't fully lose it this time. I'm knocking on wood that it's here to stay. Um, I also would say overall, it's been about a year and a half. No, just a year and three months since I had it last. I'd say it was a about 15 to 20% milder, maybe 20 to 25%, 15 to 25% milder than last time. Did I have it? I think the worst part is I had a cough this time. I didn't have a cough last time. Did I have it two years ago? I when? think so because you got it. It was like December. I got it in August. It? I feel like you got it in the winter time before that. That's so. what I think. It was like December before and then you didn't get it. Or was it February? I feel like it was February. Because the first time when I got it, we separated. Uh-huh. And but we were so in each other's face like for the prior 12 hours. Oh, tell us more. Tell us more. <laughs> we're not really. No, but we were. Not for the reasons you would like us to be. <laughs> but we literally were. Yes. we. Yes, we were. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm just – we'll see. We'll see what happens here. I hope I have it like last time. Like I said, I felt a couple times a little cloudy in my head. But I'm like, but I'm really stressed right now. I can feel the stress. I know I've got a lot like that's going on. And <coughs> that – Wow. So wow. that always makes me feel so that much way a little better. bit. At least it sounds a lot better. But mm-hmm. um, so, you know what made me feel better, though? I okay. will say last night I made myself get on the peloton. So I was like, I feel like I'm at the point now where I just like if I could sweat some of this shit out, I feel like it would take me to the next level of recovery. And it was a little distressing getting on the peloton because my heart rate was sensitive. Mm-hmm. 
And I know it was because it went into my lungs. And so that was annoying, but I did sweat a lot. And it did seem to like, right after the ride, my head felt clearer and I feel like I slept better last night. Did wake up. I think I had maybe one or two coughing fits, but for the most part, it wasn't like it had been. And then all day today, I was no coughing fits, like golden. So So I'm disappointed in myself because the last, this week, earlier in the week, I was like, I'm going to run. You're like, no, you can't run. I'm sick. Blah, blah, blah. So I didn't run. I missed my goal in January of running 40 miles by. But how many miles did you run? Like 39. I was going to say, you said you wanted to do a mile. And I'm like, a mile, it doesn't make no difference right now. That's not even fair. It doesn't matter. You already didn't make the goal, Jim, because you don't get to be like, oh, just one more to go. No, that doesn't count. I was prepared to walk it or jog it if I had to, if I was sick, like just get it Then at that point, you can probably count it because I'm sure throughout the week you accumulated a mile walking around the office at work. I accumulated tens, (laughs) lots of miles Start counting your steps. Anyway. So when I got on last night, it was a shitty run. It was slow, but I'm like, I felt the same. Like, but I did it. I did almost three miles, just under, and it felt crappy. It was slow, but I'm like, but I did it. And you know what? It might be the last. I will see. We'll see how tomorrow goes. But it might be the last time I run for a few days. So February yes. might start off another delay in the whole schedule of. I haven't set a goal for February, but you know, <coughs> we'll see where that ends up. <coughs> well, you can at least. Do get 40 because they'll just have to cram it in and that will yeah. be your increase. Yes. You know? That's exactly what I'm going to have to do is just get 40 this month, shortened by two days. It's a leap year. What's funny Not to me. Not a leap year. What's it? What, what is a leap year? Yeah. To, this is a leap year. We have 29 yeah. days in February. Yeah. Okay. It seems odd. It seems like all the other years should be leap years and this should be a normal year. But it's not. So this I is a leap I think that's how they word it. it. it I think you're right. Um, I'll never forget when I was in uh, elementary school, one of our te- the, one of the fourth grade teachers had a leap year birthday. So everyone was like, she's only four. She <laughs> was like, actually 40. She would right? have been 16. Okay, every no, four no, no. years I'm is sorry. a leap year. What did they say? She was 40. So ten. was it six? So she would be 10. 10. Thank you. What is my problem? See this COVID brain. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what oh, it was. Oh, she's 60. That's why I went from 4 to 40 because yeah, yeah, I was yeah. like okay. times 10. Wait a minute. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and that was random. <laughs> One thing I want to say, too, is that the minute I found out that you had COVID, I was like, ew, get away from me. Like I literally feel myself physically okay. recoil around you right now you have so s- i don't understand how you've said I have the re- last couple I days you're like remi- i just feel i'm like what the fuck is wrong with you See, you've been I, sick I must for have the last known week that you had that's coming out of you Shem, and i did that's the difference between you and me and that is weird I, I must have known it was in your body because you're right i feel like the last couple of days i'm like ew, i just feel like you have covid and i don't want to be around you or something and it feels icky. And yeah. then I'm like, wait a minute, you're not going to get it. You already had it. Yeah. I you know. had to remind myself of that. And I have to like detach from that idea. Which is weird. So I don't know how the hell you were able to be around me. It was kind of gross at times. I'm not going to lie. Well, I know because I'm a disgusting sick person. You're a disgusting sick person. I was telling I was telling somebody else that. And I've, I've always had this observation. I'm like, my dad, myself, and my son are like, and I think I have a brother, I won't name which brother. You think you have a to brother? To protect their... You know you have a brother. One of my brothers. Yeah, okay. I will protect his confidentiality. But are disgusting sick people. And like, it's just all nose. It's all nasal. It's all mm-hmm. like constantly clearing the sinus passages. Like you can't like do it enough without hacking enough or like, you know, <sighs> like that's just happening all the time. And 
I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like something about the shape of the bridges of our nose. I think they're similar. That's my theory. Stuff just can't pass through. I don't know. But you're always just so like dainty with your nasal congestion. And I'm I take disgusting. care of my shit in private. But then why? I can't. Well, then get away from me. <laughs> <coughs> okay. So listen. Last I also night. have a con. Like I can't just sit there with it. Do you just sit? Let it sit there. No, no. I, you guys, you could just get you get it worse. There's that. That's true. You do get it worse. Yeah. But I also. But think that, you sneeze like the most I disgusting person. That, in the world. I also think that you are the way you cough to get it out and stuff. It is. It's weird. It's it's dramatic. It's fucking weird. It's gross. It's just like this. Well, oh, <laughs> okay. it's like what is I mean, this seriously. COVID cough? I hope you get it now. Okay. I hope it's. I hope it's not that bad. It's not dangerously bad. But like, it was terrifying at times. Like, you're like. Again, you think you're normal, and then all of a sudden you get this, and then it feels like you're going to choke on it, and you can't get it up. Okay, well, you're talking. And so you have to do this thing where you're, like, (laughs) trying to, like, engage tickles in your throat so you can get, like, the the biggest thrust of a cough you can possibly get, and then all of a sudden it just comes out, and it's, like, amazing. I've never known anybody handle that shit the way you do. It it does seem – I can't relate. It is weird. But can I I just say – Last night. So last night, you're like, let's watch downstairs and then TV. I'm like, okay, cool. So we go downstairs. We watched. I can't remember what we watched. Yeah, because I haven't left my bedroom for about five days. So we watched something. I don't remember what it was. And then we watched a a stand-up comedy special, Nate Morgazzi. Yeah. It was pretty funny. Yeah. I kept my mouth shut. But I can't remember what we watched beforehand, which is weird. But during the comedy special especially, there were jokes. And he's in the middle of telling this punchline to this joke. And you're just like... <laughs> and it's like you couldn't hold that back no. for a second to hear you're what like, he's gonna say. Like, wow, let him tell the joke. you're a fucking dick. You think I have? You think there's an option? I can't <laughs> wait for the COVID cough to hit you. That's hilarious. Yeah. You think there's a choice? <laughs> that's like saying you couldn't hold back your sneeze. No, you oh, can't hold that's back what a we sneeze. Watched. We watched Capote versus Swans or oh, that's whatever a, yeah, that was. FX, that's a good one. There were a couple things and I think and I, I recall one of them after you're like, what did he say? I'm like, I don't fucking know what he said. How would I know what he said? Because you were just having a coughing fit during this. Yeah, yeah I love how that you think I have part of- you have to choose when that happens. You're such an asshole. <laughs> I'm giving you a hard time about it because you just don't even know what it's like to be. You've never truly been sick in your life. I don't no, because think. I'm privileged. Except for when you had your pneumonia. I'm, I'm, I've never had a hard <laughs> thing in my life. You know, I just, I feel like my life is easy. I do feel like the way you handle your illnesses is definitely genetic, and I do feel like when I get sick, I get taken out. And yeah, for um, sure. I feel like. So if it comes to a head cold, I feel like mm-hmm. those have always been the worst in my life where it's just yeah. like I'm a mess. And I, my dad's the same way. And he just has like toilet paper hanging out of his nostrils and it's disgusting. And again, my son, I feel like he's the same way. I've had my daughter is not – she just gets sick and it's like, yeah, I can tell that. But you, she's just not like, oh, my God, you're disgusting. Get away from me yeah. type of – See, sick. I'm more of the <clears> – <throat> I have the <clears throat> tissues in my nostril <clears throat> hanging out. Yeah. But it's just to block this thing and like catch it. And it's not yeah. like you where you're like – you're absolutely my entire right my entire face gets chapped from blowing my nose. Oh my god! Yes. But it's funny because, like, in my first marriage, one time I remember I was pregnant with Christopher. It's like my first trimester, so I was like, you know, probably wanting to throw up every single day. And my ex husband was like sick, and he ended up like throwing up. And he was just like, I don't, I could have this wrong, but I feel like at the time he was like, I've never been this. I've, I don't think I've this. Like he'd ever thrown up at least like that, like over and over again, mm-hmm. which that's happened to me my gosh thank i have not 
had one of those viruses in a very long time since my kids were little, but we were just like vomiting, maybe coming out both ends. He had a situation like that. And he was just like, I think I'm dying. Like, I don't, I've never been this sick. I'm scared. And I'm like, okay, so then I'm scared. But I'm also confused because I'm like, really? So we go to the ER at night. Did you take go to the ER? We went to the ER. And I remember them ultimately giving him a popsicle and sending him home, okay? (laughs) They're like, yeah, you have a stomach bug, dude. So this is that's what happened, and I was like, "You have got to be fucking kidding me!" <laughs> this is what they call the man flu. So this is funny because there have been a number of times where I've been sick, and you're like, "You are so dramatic. You're milking it. You're like all of the all of the things." Yeah. And I think it's funny because you're like, "You don't really get sick, and you don't this, and you don't that." It's like, "No, you don't." And I and and so I think it's we just ex- I just had those two situations. Yeah, I was when you say, get the flu, it's bad. Yeah, when you we take get that sick, hard. we get sick in different ways for, from different things. Yeah, and it's like your sinus I, stuff is terrible. It's awful. But then it's funny to me because like when you have been sick, like I know you have the flu and you have a fever or something. It they think I wait. The reason why I call you dramatic is because I'm like, oh, I think that's probably how I normally get. Okay, and I don't act like that okay so that's I, why <laughs> that's where i disagree because i've seen you act with the head cold the way you act and i'm like that's it's... just disgusting it's just this annoying feeling you, your head hurts from your sinuses you're constantly blowing your nose you yeah. constantly need to cough you're like sucking cough drops down like you just can't get comfortable you're just extremely uncomfortable my, over a period of my days point being is i think it's funny because i think it's our response to different illnesses is... But I just don't think you get that sick. That's my point. And then today I got my period to top it all off. And I'm like, thank you, world. I just am getting over COVID. Still haven't slept great in like a week. And now I have my fucking period, which keeps me up all night the first night or two. And I just looked at you and I was like, there's no fucking way you'd be able to handle any of this. I know it. I know it. So I don't want to interrupt you, but I'm also kind of like... But you did. Jim, I don't know. That's my point is that you don't, you're clearly, you can visually see that when you have a head cold, you have no, you do not get anywhere near what I get. Mm-hmm. It can, it's visually apparent. Mm-hmm. So flu isn't visually apparent. Right. That, that's my so point. So that's where I'm like, is it that <laughs> this, bad? Yes. Is it that yes, bad? This is my point. <laughs> our, our body's response to those different variables in illness, I think are apparent. And I think it's true. And it probably plays out in many different situations. And yeah, if I'm like, I had pneumonia, I fucking took a couch back to the store and went up and down the stairs. I was couldn't even hardly breathe getting up and down the stairs. Okay, but this then they before, told you This you was got before pneumonia. I found out I had pneumonia. Yeah. And I was like, we have to return this couch. And I took it, loaded it in my car somehow, got it in there, took it back, and did all okay. that. And then I got back. And then, like, the next day, it was like, oh, to you have To be fair, pneumonia. there's you varying degrees not... of pneumonia. So some people do do well, that. Some people die from and pneumonia. You did... So, of I course. I know. No, but there's what they call th- – that's a thing where people go back to work with pneumonia. Like, mm-hmm. But what I'm saying is you you eventually did get sick because I'll never forget it was New Year's Eve. And you were like, couldn't move. And you're like, I hate to be the party pooper, but we have to go home. We had to leave where we were at and take everybody home that night. Do you remember that? Yeah, we did. Yes, I do. Yeah. But so after that, but I, I'm, t- I guess I'm really thinking about right before COVID, we got f- influenza A, and mm-hmm. it was the roughest influenza I've bad. ever had, and because it affected my lungs after working out, like I, can't, I, I often get like would get sore throat viruses that were also really bad. I'll get fevers and all these things. I didn't, I don't know what the hell I was dealing with, but it was viral and not the flu, where I just don't really see you get sick that often, but you got that and. 
you ended up giving it to me. I think you got it first. And I'm you, sure you blame me for that. Were no, but you were very dramatic with that one. I feel like you were just in bed for days and just with your eyes closed. It was just like one of these situations where it's like, I can't talk. I can't look at people. You know, it was just, and it went on for days. And I'm like, <laughs> fevers usually crack after like 24, 48 hours. I mean, is this really, are we milking this? Never. You can't, you can't go Never. to the bathroom. You can't come down here and rump your own soup. Like, I don't know, which I would have, which I, I'm not saying, like, you do those okay. things for me. Yeah. You wait on me here. Yeah, I want to say, you want to have and that I conversation? I fully take advantage you of that. You want to have that conversation Fully right take now. advantage you of that. You didn't do a goddamn thing all week long. I took care of everything up until the last couple of days, from Saturday until probably Wednesday. Yeah, but I I just, I didn't say that I couldn't. You just, like, did it. I would be like, well, you did I'm and a you caretaker. Like, okay. I took care of you. You are a caretaker. Yeah. You're literally, you were in your, uh, you're welcome. You're like, you you're can welcome. get your ass up, get your own soup. You were thriving. <laughs> you're like this i can do yep 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 <laughs> ladies do you hear this <coughs> it's like so annoying Cough. <laughs> <coughs> well this weekend might suck which i was really looking forward to after last weekend just a <coughs> better weekend <coughs> okay you got and a big loogie up that it's time it's not gonna happen <laughs> it's not gonna happen for me and you are going to be like, come on, get up. We're going to go for a walk. We're going to go do this. We're going to go do this. I'm not going to do that. I mean, we're not going anywhere around people. <laughs> I don't want to make it sound like you're going to drag me to the stores and stuff. But I'm just saying, like, let's go for a walk. You need some fresh air. You need some fresh air. You should get up. And I'm going to be like, I don't want to get up. And you're going to be like, no, you need to. Okay, first of all, I just want to say a few things here. A few things? I did get up and do things when you're not here. I think, like, I went for a walk. I did get pretty winded. I was like, oh, maybe I'm worse off than I thought I was. And I was like, that's when I thought I was getting better. But then, you know, that he comes in and he takes your smell. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I've just turned, I've just turned a new leaf of this illness. But um, I definitely did some things okay. when you weren't here. Let's talk about, <laughs> and I think this was probably Monday night, maybe, you all of a sudden got a hankering for uh, pancakes. Yeah. And you were like, you make me pancakes? Doesn't that sound good? I'm yeah. like, no, it doesn't. Yeah, but I you were like, it doesn't you sound were like good. laughing. You're like, oh, are you serious? I'm like, she's kidding. She doesn't really and want then pancakes. You like, and then you're like, really want pancakes? So then I was like, oh, he's going to make me pancakes. Yeah. So <coughs> leads me into my next point yeah. of something that happened this week. So something I ended up that happened. foregoing pancakes and got you cinnamon rolls from Kroger because you, I'm like, you would because never you fucking started... do that for me. But yeah. Okay. First of all, anyway, I would. Okay, that's on you record. Would never ask for something you're craving. Never in a million years are you like, I'm going to eat something because it sounds good. You eat what's available. That's yes. what you I do. I am thrifty and efficient. Okay. When it comes to anyway. Long story short, I was going to make you pancakes. I got all the ingredients out, and I've never heard of this before. But there are these things called pantry moths. Yeah. And we have these. Little moths that fly around the house in the winter every once in a while this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know if we've had them before, but long story short, I go to open the cabinet. You like, found the source. Three moths the fly out. And I'm like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Mm -hmm. What is this? So I pull out the flour and all this stuff to make pancakes. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, no big deal. And then all of a sudden I go, I can't, I can't in good conscience make pancakes for you with this flour that might have moths. Which, by the way, I don't think I've had pancakes in maybe in two or three years. Probably not. <laughs> it's been a long time. Yeah. Anyway, so. We had to go and throw 
all that stuff out, which is why yeah. you didn't get your pancakes. So I ended up going to the grocery store. Well, then you were going to go get ingredients. Else. And then I yes. was like, there's no way I'm going to be, because you're going to take. By the time like, I get home, it take, I, I am the slowest grocery shopper in the you're world. You're the slowest it'd everything. Me, it'd probably take me an hour. Slowest baker, cooker, everything. So I was like, will you just pick up some cinnamon rolls? Yeah. So I did that instead. Mm-hmm. But for those of you that don't know, pantry moths, just little moths, mm-hmm. it's disgusting. When you think about it's disgusting. It is disgusting. Really, you don't. It doesn't doesn't bother you. You don't think about that. Like when I opened that cabinet and like two of them flew out, and I was like, "Of course it's gross." But this is disgusting. Like we have flour and stuff in here to throw yeah. all of that stuff out that yeah. was open and not sealed, and like it's just gross. <coughs> yep. So hopefully we they're gone soon. No, it's definitely disgusting. Of course it is. I just yeah. if you think about it, you have bugs crawling all over your body. I know that. I just didn't know that they specifically were a thing. And then I was like, okay, all right, well that's gross. Yeah. Anyway, just to think about that. how many, how much life bug life you eat every day is in this house though because of its age. Oh, of course. I just can't. I mean, it's it's just the first time it got cold this winter, the stink bugs all of a sudden it's like. Yeah. There's like, oh, there's five of them in the bathroom. Okay, great. We haven't had any for a long time, and they're all here now. Yes. Yeah. And the spiders got a little crazy too. I feel like they were coming in a uh-huh. lot. I don't. And then knock on wood, the bees. I'm just. Mm. I know it's not that bad. I don't want to. You know, it's not that bad really. But and the rodents. It's not that bad. The it's bats. Not, it's not that bad. It's not squirrels. That bad. It's just not that bad. Chipmunks. And out of all of those things that bother me, the pantry moths, the mice, might be toward the top of that list because they're in a food supply. That's interesting. And thinking about the fact that they are mm-hmm. contaminating their larva is in mm-hmm. our flour, maybe, or our rice or whatever was up there. Yeah, but well, I'm not worried that it got in anything that we used because I just bought that stuff. Like I made Christmas cookies and no, I know. I've made some. Most of it was sealed. Chocolate so. chip cookies and stuff recently, and I opened new packages. It wasn't like I was. It was fairly new. So yeah. I'm sure that when we use it, it wasn't contaminated. I'm glad that we caught it this time, though, because I did definitely sure it's contaminated my by now. Own, and my own thing that I have a problem with is <coughs> taking almost a whole bag of flour and throwing it out. Is like, we just bought it. We can't use it. You're it so righteous. You're so righteous. Why can't we be more like you? I'm saving the uh, crops. Sure you the are. plants to make the flour. Mm-hmm. No, I just, you know, anyway, pointless story, but. It is pointless. Yeah. What is what isn't pointless? It's hard for you. Life is pointless. Have we talked about this before? It's very hard for you to do a favor for somebody without making sure you're <laughs> going to do something for yourself first. And it's one of my biggest pet peeves to the point where I'm like, well, I guess I'm going to have to ask him for another thing then. Because I'll just be like, hey, oh, Jim, shoot, I need this thing. Can you just grab it really quick? I'm super thirsty. Will you please just run and grab me a glass of water? And you'll be like, sure, but now all of a sudden you've decided you have to run some errands for yourself while you're doing it. It can't errands. just be like errands. Or like even I'm going it, to the store or something. But even that, if I was like, oh, we grab this thing from the store. Well, not unless I can go get something that else I need from the store too. Like it's never just for the sake of it's doing efficiency. something. No, you're right. Yesterday you're I was right. like, oh, I think that Rudy got like, can you go check on him? I think he might have gotten this thing because he's been chewing on this thing lately that's not okay to chew on, piece of my decor. And so you go in there and of course, well, I, this would be a good time to go around and check all the locks on the doors. And I'm just like, I get it. I understand it. But at this point, it's it's like obsessive. And to me, it feels like now I just really need to challenge you on this because it feels like there's a. it's coming from a deeper place of like... I. I can't do anything for her unless I get something out of it, too. It feels like it's extreme. 
And so you now know, I'm like, I agree. Hmm, I interesting. Ag- I agree. I agree. It's like, I, it's like, it didn't even, to me now, it's just like, well, that wasn't even a favor. So I, I guess you owe me another one. But, <laughs> big but here, you, when you ask me to do many things, it's on your schedule and it's with this urgency. I need you to bring the laundry upstairs. Yeah. Well, I'll do it in a few minutes. No, I need you to do it right now because yeah. it's bothering me. I want you to. No, are you going to do anything with it? No, if I needed it in a few minutes, I would do it myself. The point is, is I need I, it right now but, and I can't do it right now. You, will you please go grab Joe, it? No, I'll bring it upstairs and it will sit in a where this it sits. This is what happened. Yeah, no, because no, I need to grab it and wear something from there. No. And no, this no, no, is no, always no, what no, happens no, too. No, will you no. please go grab the laundry from the basement? Sure. 20 minutes later, what took so long? Well, the pump is running and then I just thought I'd check the boiler really quick and oh, and then I noticed and it's just like, well, it really just killed you to do something nice At for me, no didn't it? At no point have you it been standing in the closet naked it waiting for your clothes to come killed you up. just to do something nice for me. It's not that. I, you, you know what? This, you have pointed this out numerous times in the past couple of weeks. There have been a number of things that I'm like, you're up here in the bed. Let's just say this last week. You're up here in the bedroom. You asked for a, a cup of tea or whatever. Oh, here's the other one. I let one. the dogs out. Here's the other one. Oh, I had to get a mug out of the dishwasher. So then I decided to go and empty the dishwasher. Or it's just like... Well, I guess I'll empty the silverware real quick since I'm grabbing a mug. And it's like, just grab the mug. Just grab the mug. How about you just grab the mug? I did that for you this week. Yesterday. I... <laughs> yesterday, this happened again. We were getting ready to work out. And I was like, okay, I'm going to go on the bike. You go on the Peloton. Or you go on the treadmill. Like, let's get this done, though, because we want to come back together and watch this show. We got to be efficient. The goal here is efficiency and teamwork. Yes. And so I have my water bottle filled. I got my water ready to go. You apparently decided you need a water bottle. So out of the, you grab one out of the dishwasher. Mm-hmm. Next thing I know, you're grabbing two water bottles and a random glass. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, well, I just thought I would, you know, put this away at the same time. I'm like, no, now this is at the, the, now we're at, this is about a principle. I'm like, why can't you just grab your water bottle that you need and fill it with water and call it a day? To the point where I was like, please put those cups back in the dishwasher and close the dishwasher. You are not allowed to put away any additional dishes. You are only allowed to grab the item that you were there to grab to begin with and stick to the plan. This is where I lost (laughs) the argument is that. I was looking for the lids for the water bottle. I pulled a water bottle out. I'm like, you'll probably want one. I grabbed the other one out of the Why did you grab a random glass that you then decided to put away? Let me finish. This is where I lost the argument because that was exactly it. I pulled a water bottle out for you and you were like, and then I pulled that glass out. Yep, I got more. It was sitting next to the water bottles. It was a tall beer glass. Yeah. I pulled it out. That's where I lost the argument because you were like, I didn't need a water bottle. I'm like, well, I didn't know that I was trying to be nice. I was trying to do, but then you were like, what about that glass? And it's like, I don't have an excuse for that. That's that's my point. This is the nonsense that I deal with. I say to you, why are you grabbing that glass? And you go, this was your answer. I was getting you a water bottle. That's not what I fucking asked you. You are the most defensive person I've ever met. It's like you grew up in a world where you were just constantly interrogated. Uh interrogated. You're like, I got to be ready for like some sort of bullshit excuse and see whatever sticks. <laughs> like, and I'm not saying you grew up that way, but that's how you act. That's literally how you act. I'm like, why are you putting away that cup right now? I was getting you a water bottle. <laughs> First of all, I don't need a water bottle. I didn't ask for a water bottle. So enough with the martyrdom. But now you're just lying. It's not okay. And yeah. if you think that this is a benign situation, it is. But trust me, there's plenty of malignant ones all around you where the same dynamic well, gets the, plays here, out. Here's what I'm going to say. 
I wouldn't say there's plenty of malignant ones. Oh, there's plenty of malignant okay. ones. Okay. I was going to say there are way too many benign ones that ultimately when you put them together is like, no, it doesn't matter. You can have a body full of benign tumors. At that point, this is a problem regardless. Like, it is a, a problem. That's a bad example, bad comparison. I'm just saying it's like- It's a pattern yeah, of behavior. It's a pattern of behavior. It's a pattern of behavior that I is problematic. I understand. And I have definitely been Do in tune to that lately. Do you see how that's karmic for yourself though? How you, now, first of all, you've done things- that people aren't asking you to do. So you're you're overworked, but no one's asked you to fucking do anything. And then you get defensive and lie. And then you feel like you're being attacked and controlled. It's like you create created this entire scenario, dude. I agree. So here's a trade-off for that. I am going to stop doing that. I'm going to work on that so that when I'm asked something, I'm going to do the thing. Mm-hmm. However, in that, there will be situations where I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that thing. Yeah. Like, you go do that thing. I'm not, you want to close them downstairs? Like, no, you go get the clothes. I'm in, I'm in, when yeah, I'm, when that's I'm, fair. You might I'm, not have a wife in a year, and I understand that. Okay, and that's you might fine. Have a husband. Oh, don't say that's that. That's fair. Don't say. <laughs> that's fair. Shut <laughs> 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 I, it drives me crazy when I'm in, literally in the middle of something else. I'm doing something. I could be vacuuming, and you're okay. like, we get the laundry from the basement. I'm like, you know, I'm I done do vacuuming. Not. And you're I like, do not do you that. have. That's such a first of all, how often do you fucking fucking vacuum? (laughs) Stop with this nonsense. (laughs) But we we have had many discussions about my speech and right speech. And Mm -hmm. I've thought so much more about this. And even though and maybe not so great at it this last hour here, uh, we're at working towards it. But we're having fun, it's okay. I would say that I've been trying to be very mindful of what comes out of my mouth. And it occurred to me that you are just as bad, if not worse. In a different and opposite way, because you're so defensive and you say the dumbest shit. Like if I say, why did you grab that glass? And your answer is, oh, I was getting you a water bottle. That's not right speech. I don't think that was my answer and it yesterday, happened. was yes, it? Yes, it was. was it, really? it was. And I wanted yeah. to zero in on that because I wanted yeah. to prove my point. I'm like, and then you, oh, you're making a mountain like, out of a molehill bullshit. And it's like, yes, I am making a mountain out of a molehill because I'm trying to get you to under- zoom in and see yourself and have some self-awareness here because this happens all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that you could stand to practice some right speech because you do not stop and slow down and answer the questions that you're asked. You, completely. you make up a lot of stories about what you're being asked mm-hmm. and then something comes out of your mouth. No, I, you and I have talked about this and I completely agree. And it's something that, yeah, it's like when I do all of a sudden stop, which I'm trying to do that a lot more and be like, oh yeah, what I'm saying now is I'm just like moving through this conversation onto the next thing without any real reason for what I'm saying other than trying to move on to the next thing. And then it does. It's like I say that one thing, which isn't really even about the thing that we're talking about as an, as a, as an out to that. Well, this is my reason. So move on. Just ignore it. And it's like yeah. I have been trying to definitely No, you need to slow more, down yes. and tune in and communicate and have yeah. some right speech. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that. I do. Okay. Okay. What else do you got? I'm I joking. was listening to – I have one more thing to say, at least. I was listening to – uh, we can do hard things. Glennon Doyle podcast this week, and it was so cute because they went on um, this. Brandy Carlisle does this music festival apparently in Mexico once a year, and it's called Girls Want a Weekend. And I think no, it's, it's not Girls Want a Weekend. Girls just want a weekend. Girls just want a weekend because mm. I think they have to learn because girls okay. just want to have fun. Yes. So it's just. I don't really know anything about the festival, but all I know is that like Glennon was there with her kids and her full family because her daughter is becoming a, a 
she's got like she's dropping an album and I think it's under Brandy's mm-hmm. label or her mentorship or something. So yes. she was performing. But on the episode this week it was really Tish Tish Melton. Yes. On the episode this week it was just really cute because apparently like it was there was a big eighties theme the last night and there was this whole thing and so the song Closer to Fine by um Indigo Girls. Indigo Girls is apparently one of Glennon's favorite songs and it's one of my favorite songs. When, as I mark often referred to when I had my one of my my little first anxiety existential crisis in my early 20s the lyrics of that song I found to be hitting home I used to play that on repeat and it was a big one for me too I love that song um so it's just it's just a brilliant the lyrics are just kind of brilliant you know they're pretty wise so anyways um they she apparently her and Abby had to get up on stage and perform that with Brandy and it was they so they talked about that on the podcast in Mexico they yeah. did oh yeah. okay okay and they've got they've released videos of it and stuff it was cute I know their intro song and exit song to the podcast is Glennon's daughter and Brandy Carlisle performing yes. together so yes. they're very close, and, and yes so but she's got her own album so she performed mm-hmm. she performed that song apparently the whole version of it she also sang um her 80s song was um heaven is a place on earth which was yeah. Belinda Carlisle two different songs. was one of my favorite artists when I was in fifth grade. Loved her, had all her cassette tapes, which I used to confuse with Brandy Carlisle. I'm not going to lie. It took me a long time to figure out those were two different people. And those I also have found Sorry. out that I am not the only one that has confused those two artists. However, so she... Who, Indigo Girls and... No, Brandy Carlisle and, and Belinda, Belinda oh, Carlisle. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I thought they're the same person for a long time. But anyways, um, she sang that one, so that was cool because I used to love that song so much. And then... Um, Apparently, this is my point, is that Glennon at some point, somebody else came up and performed later, and she was having so much fun on stage. She just totally let loose. She was rocking it out. She was totally free. And Glennon was. Glennon was. Okay. And they were just talking about how silly she was. And so she, her act was over, though, and they were like, you got to leave the stage. And apparently she was like, kind of like getting ready to leave, and she like turned around, and like another band came on. I can't remember what it was. But it was like a lot of her favorite music, and she was like, no, I, I don't want to leave, and she found like there's another artist back there too that was also like dancing and having a good time, and they were like, let's go back out there. So apparently she went on stage, and she just was wild and dancing and free, and they were all laughing about it because – like at one point, like because Abby and her sister were kind of like, yeah, it's kind of obnoxious. Like you weren't supposed to be out there. You're mm-hmm. kind of stealing the you show. You were invited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And this other artist was there. And like I think they at some point they finally were like, you need to get off the stage. So she left the stage and her apparently like her niece and stuff were like worried. They're like, do you think, oh, that was really bad? And like, do you think people are going to like question her sobriety? Because she's been sober yeah. for like 30 years or something. And so they just talked about that, about how like okay like it was kind of like a little over the top and like maybe not respectful of everything but like also it was so great to see her that way and she just talked about how like it was so great she's never let herself do that and be free like that is something she would have been so self-conscious of so many times and I was just like loving that so much listening to her talk about it like you could just hear the excitement in her voice and just like I want to do more of this like why haven't I let myself do this and I obviously love to just be silly and dance to music sometimes and we had actually you had posted and I had I posted a separate one as being silly and dry dry January just mm-hmm. little clips of me dancing and being silly in our parlor I had posted one on my social media and then you did one that we did. And obviously, I was completely sober both times, right? And one of 
your friends, one of our friends had commented, they're like, there's no way you're sober. You must be on gummies. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm not. I'm sober. And it's like, but why do we have to like, because that was the thing with Glennon. Like people were like, oh, no, people are going to question her. Like, no, it total, like let yourself go and be free and do those things. It's amazing. It's beautiful. And it's sad that your sobriety has to be questioned. I agree with you. But it's, it's, that comes down to patterns of behavior. What do you mean? That comes down to if you did that on a regular basis and somebody could look at that and go, that's who you are as a person. That's what you do. But most people don't. That's my point is that you don't find a lot of people posting videos of themselves doing that. Right. Yeah, of course You not. just don't or even just doing it in public. I mean, yeah. people are self-conscious of acting that way in no, public. No, that's what I'm saying is that that's, that's why the question comes up because it's like, oh, I know you and you're very reserved and you don't typically do that. So if you're well, doing that. I'm not then... reserved though. Um, I can be reserved, but I can also be wild. But typically out in social situations in public, you would typically be reserved. Or I understand what you're saying. We're in our own parlor. You're dancing. I don't, you're Jim, doing your you thing. and I have posted videos of us. Like I've posted videos of us. Like that zombie video. From, uh-huh. can't, like, right, right. To me, I'm like, no. Like I'm in my 40s. I don't give a fuck anymore. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. I agree with you that in my 20s and 30s, yeah. I would not have posted something like that. But now I'm like, no, this is how, this is great. Like this is freedom. Like oh, this I'm is not saying, awesome. I'm like, not we saying should you shouldn't this. do it or people shouldn't do it at all. I, I, I think people don't do it enough. That's my point. But that's what it is. But that's where people go right away. Yeah. And I guess I just want to like have people consider a revolution. Like start a movement. Like, no, this is, it's amazing. It's, it's fun. It's fun. I I think, (laughs) I think it comes down to if you looked at percentages, statistics, statistically speaking, when you see somebody in that mood doing that stuff, Uh typically from our, our, the patterns that we have and then knowing the people we do mm-hmm. when people are like that they're under some influence I think we should influence. change it though I that's agree, my point I agree with that but I'm saying that's where, I think that's you, where the question is and that's why that's people don't want to do it because they don't want to look yeah. because oh only a drunk person would do that sure, if we could all get to but that but when point, you're drunk you're like I'm doing it because that's what you want to do if we could so. all get to that point <laughs> where we could just let go and be free all the time and live that life and have that yeah. joy it would be fucking phenomenal and that's of what course. I'm suggesting yeah. that everyone maybe challenge themselves to do it because it's like once you do it too you cross over that bridge and you're like i can do this now can we go from dry january to fun february and it can still be dry february but just with fun added to it we did have that's that wasn't fun that was dry january and it was fun joking it's just (laughs) f for fun and f for february so it can be fun february Mm. and you just let everything go and that's where you just live in could be Love just like the fun life. How about that? Have the fun How life. How about just fun life, not fun February, fun life. I'm saying start somewhere. <laughs> I agree with you. Today's February 2nd. People start this week. Start this month. Start today. So Having fun. You're going to lead this revolution. Yep. Every day, how many videos do we, shall we expect from you? Well, we're going streaking after we get done posting this podcast. I just want you to live wild we're and free. We're all streaking. They're all behind us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. That's not legal. I want you to do something legal. I am live. I am by nature wild and free. I am by nature in many ways more outgoing in that way than you are. You think so? Uh, absolutely. But I totally disagree. Yeah, yeah, I think you're way more self-conscious to post something like that on social media oh, okay. than I am. If I think you're way more self-conscious to be like that in real life than I am. That's where, that's where I, you know what, to some degree, yes, to some degree, no. If we went out right now to some place and they had live music, mm-hmm. 
I would absolutely get on the dance floor and make a fool of myself before you would. Okay, but that's. Do you think that's because you have more confidence in your dance skills? Oh my god, no! I'm a. So if the question was just get out there and make a fool of myself more easily than you were, are you sure? Would you get up there and would you get up and like like a poetry reading and like just start like airing all of like their wounds and hurts? Fair enough. No, no. you wouldn't. No, I would. I do that all the time, (laughs) not at poetry readings, but on Facebook. (laughs) Okay. That's true. And then people it makes people uncomfortable. Some people will be like, why did she do that? That's true. And I'm That's like, very true. why do you care? <laughs> like, yeah, don't scroll on. <laughs> scroll on by. Let's go back to this Mexico thing because when did this become such a thing? Dave Matthews does a thing in Mexico. I don't know. They're Always, Brandy maybe? Carla- yeah, that's what I'm wondering. I have no idea. The either. last few years I've been made more aware of it. Avet Brothers has a weekend down there. Mm-hmm. How many artists have like a weekend? I feel like the first I thought it was year, around it for like... a long time. Like I thought that like at least I thought like there was a festival down there every year. Maybe it was just multiple artists that used to but do it not, and now it's more like, just single like artists. The Dave Matthews one is Dave and Tim are the headliners. Yes. And then there's these other artists that perform. Yes. Avet Brothers, it's their weekend. And then yeah. their dad performs. There's other artists that perform. Brandy Carlisle, now right. it's the same thing. And I don't want to say now. I don't know when she started. And Well, she had other artists there, obviously, too. But they all do. And mm-hmm. so that's what I'm – like, when did this – and some fantastic artists. Like, I think it'd be mm-hmm. fun. But at the same time, I'm like, when did this become such a thing where it's like this has come down for, like, three days of just nonstop music and, right. you know. I don't know. I, I'm just bringing it up. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just I am I don't know either. Like it. yeah, when did it come a thing where it was so available? Like before it might have been like, Oh, did you hear that in twenty twenty four there's gonna be like six major headlining uh-huh. bands performing at a weekend in Mexico? Part of me says it would be a blast and part of me says it would be overwhelming and confining and feel like, uh, I don't know. I don't think I would like it. I don't think I think it would. depends. When I saw footage from the Brandy Carlisle one, but see, that was probably not true to the situation because it was people that were up close, but it seemed intimate. It, whereas that music fest we went to before, I told you I didn't like that. I just don't right. think they're my scene. But I've seen like the Avet Brothers, like the um, just overhead drone shots or whatever, and it looks like it's a lot of people. But again, right. it's, a, it's at one resort, so... Most of the people are staying at the resort or maybe two resorts, so it can't be that many. But at the okay. same time, it seems like – I don't think it's anything like 60,000 people like at the music festival. I think it's much more intimate than that. If you but, had to like do this whole trek though to like get to the venue and then like camp there all day, like to me that would just be too much. But you're in your hotel. There's music all day. You go down, you go to the pool, you go to the beach, yes, and there's stuff going on. Is that, it, is that what it's like, though? Yeah. It's right there on the grounds? Oh, yeah. It's right there on the grounds. So, okay. yeah, it's literally right there at the resort. So you get your room, you do your all-inclusive thing, mm-hmm. and you're just there. So I guess it's you're with like-minded from a musical perspective, mm-hmm. people who love the artists that they're there to see. Yeah. And so it probably would be a lot of it fun. It just and seems it's on like the grounds, a lot of chaos But it does me. seem like it does seem like, okay, I, I want to escape. I don't, yeah, you know. That's you, what and, it would be like to me. Resort, be like fun if I was in my 20s. Yeah. But I feel like at this time, it it sounds like too much. So that's where I'm at. Like any experience like that that I would even consider, what are the VIP upgrades? Exactly. What kind of suite can we get? What kind of right. area can we get where we mm-hmm. are not in this mass? Because or can I, we just be like London where you're probably getting driven around on golf carts and at backstage access and yeah, like well, we'll never you just be have that. everything at your – We'll never be that. But. Right. 
But I, I know. So that's my point. It's like that's probably the only yeah, way I would be yeah. able to tolerate something like that. Speaking of Glennon Doyle, you had sent me um, – she had – they had Dan Levy on yes. this week. And I listened to I thought that, that was episode. one of the most beautiful interviews and I've ever I heard. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah. What yeah. did you like about it? I, don't, I couldn't even say what I liked about it. But I was like, this is a beautiful conversation. I think that – you know, he has a movie called – was it called Good Grief? Is yeah. that the name of it? Yeah. And it was a good movie. I mean, yeah. was it the best movie – no, no, but ultimately, it's like the writing and the acting were a little cheesy at times. However, the same thing is happening to the music industry, and I think I have to accept it. But 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 stepping back from maybe some of the things that weren't perfect about it, and listening to the podcast and listening to him talk about it, the formula for the goal and what was what he was working to accomplish in writing that and putting it out there, mm-hmm. I do think that that was successful. Like yeah. it did, it was feel good. At the same time, letting you experience the sadness yeah. and the feelings and all of the other things that came along yeah. with it. And then I think that the way on the podcast that he described his own experiences, it was just very real and raw, but not in a overly, I don't want to say dramatic way, but right. like it was also just like, yeah, this this is my experience and this happened and this Do is you... where this came from. This is how I felt Did about you... it. And this is, I thought it was, um, it just, it was very, let me put it this way. It didn't seem to be over done it wasn't overdone what wasn't overdone what are you saying was not overdone no i'm saying the episode on the podcast it was real but everything about what was it, what are you saying was not overdone the movie or the podcast the, po- the podcast okay yes i would the agree podcast. i would agree it was just this organic conversation so, so which unfolded I'm, hurry I'm, up i have something to say yeah, you're okay. taking too long so what i'm saying about that is <laughs> you listen to some guests come on podcasts and some guests talk yeah and the way that they talk about things are maybe on this elevated level or something else yeah. so you're like oh and it this just felt very genuine and if and it was like real. it's like they all have like bullet points or something like that they need to like get to yes and as you're saying that now i just had this realization because it was what it was the word you used i already lost it you said that the episode not overdone not overdone that is so perfect and i think maybe that's what drew me to it so much because not only that i feel like that idea of not overdone kind of captures the way he described his process of writing this movie because I listened to the episode and then I was like, oh, I got to go watch the movie. And it was, it, yeah, the movie's okay. But I was actually more excited about the movie. I liked the movie from personally. Listening. I, liked the movie. I liked it. But I just, okay, we'll talk about that in another episode. Remind us to talk about my thoughts on modern music writing and film writing skills. Um, Anyways, I was like more excited about watching it after listening to this interview because it did seem not overdone. It seemed to organically unfold. And what was really interesting about it is that he was, as he was talking about the movie, he was basically saying, like he was trying to summarize it. And then when he summarized it, he's like, this isn't even my summary of it. This is what I forgot. Like, was it New York Times? New York Times or some New York art news outlet had written a summary of the movie. And he's like, wow, they summarized it. I didn't know that's what I did, but I guess that is exactly what I did. And I thought that that was beautiful because it sounds like what happened for him is that he just let it come out. And he was just talking about that. Again, this idea of this creative process where there's this idea of maybe wanting to, he didn't say any of this, but I'm thinking this, to prune and maybe, um, oh, what's the word, Jim? Tidy things up, curate, formulate ideas really get them into like a the final product before we present something it's got to make sense right and I felt like what he was describing was like no I just let the creative writing come through me in real time and then I delivered it and then afterwards 
I was able to reflect back on the meaning of it. And like, and then like, that's where like all the magic happens. Cause it's just like, I didn't get too worked up about what it was supposed to be saying. I just said what I, True. what was coming through me. Can I add to that? Yeah. There, Cause there were two parts to that and what he said. And I, I agree with this and I liked it. when he was writing it and he wrote it, you can't write it thinking about the audience in mind. You have to write from your, yes. you know, yes. the authentic part of what you're trying to write. Yes. You write that. And then he said, and then when you're editing it, for the final product, that's the point when you actually think about, well, the audience side of it. What are they going to see? What is going to resonate with them? What do I need to deliver? But, you know, that was the the two pieces to it was the initial writing of it was like, no, that's 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 all about you as the artist, the, the, the mm-hmm. creative, mm-hmm. you know, content. And then as you edit it, yes, that's when you think about the, the, the audience, but you don't do that in the writing process. And I think that that mm-hmm. is but absolutely true. I also think, true. too, is, is that like, he was able to continue to make more sense of it, though, even yes. after, even after, he's still and that was just, making that was more a, sense that was the other it. part of it was that, yes, once it was actually out there, it was, that's when a lot of it, I think it's like, then you start putting it together and assign meaning to it for yourself. as even the, the the producer the, the which is, you know the creative yeah. outlet or the um, which to me is the act of it. life mm-hmm. so I just loved that because it's just a great reminder of like if you allow yourself to be open obviously to experiences and authentic and that it all sort of reveals itself mm-hmm. it's revealing itself in real time it's you know but also like even in hindsight like you can't you can't wait for an epiphany or an insight necessarily to do something. Often the insights and the epiphanies come through the problem. Maybe not often, always through the process of doing something. Yeah. I think whether you are what, if you're creating art, whether it's writing or sculpting or drawing or something else, speaking, speaking, you can't do that through the lens of, for, for me personally, if I'm writing something for I don't write. So it's for a purpose. I'm always thinking as I'm writing it, what what audience is reading it and what is the purpose of it and what is it trying to convey. Mm-hmm. But in the artistic space, it needs to be about you need to let that you know stream of consciousness flow about mm-hmm. what you're feeling, you're experiencing and mm-hmm. get it all out. Mm-hmm. Then you can cut and edit the parts to... Mm-hmm. Okay, now what do I need to do? De- what do I need to deliver to make this? You know, so right. you know the audience gets some experience out of it, but at the same time, the creative process truly needs to be just you know what am I experiencing, feeling, going through. It's not about what you want others to see in it. Yes, yeah, you have to let it happen, and you hear that over and over again. But it's it's so true. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, it was a it was a good movie. It was. I, I don't want to say that it wasn't. It really was. I cried. It really, you did cry. I did you cry. Did. It you drives you crazy when I cry in movies because I don't cry in real life about things. Yeah. But And I wasn't crying, so that was weird. That's happened in multiple movies. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Give me something to cry about. I do, have, I do have thoughts on that, though, I, about why I wasn't crying. And the same reason why I have a problem with that musician that everybody loves right now, Zach. Brian, that everybody is, you guys are all gaga over. And I'm like, what? I am not gaga over him. I yes. do like some of his music. Yeah. So I think many people are. But you, okay, I'm, not, first of all, I'm not like super fan, like, oh my God, he's amazing. Okay, he's so but great. you so, loved him at first. You loved that song, Spotless. Several people in our circle like his songs. I've got some, I've got, I'm having a lot of problems mm-hmm. with the creativity there and the writing and. I do feel like I want to talk about that at some point because it keeps coming up. And I'm feeling that a lot with a lot of the Netflix. I'm going to pick on Netflix, but I guess maybe a lot of the streaming services that 
produce their own movies. I'm just like, mm, what's happening? What uh, the creative talents? I don't know what they are anymore. Where they're what? Where yeah, they're gone? Yeah, we're, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to postpone wanna, this to another episode. I already said that. I, I know. Really said I that. know. I'm just yeah. So, anyways, I kind of felt that about this movie, movie. and it was difficult Understand. to evoke any real emotion. Yeah. However, I do know at one point I did get cheerful, and I don't remember why. But you were like streaming down your face. <laughs> at one point, I was like, "Ew, why is my hand?" I'm like, "Oh my god, you are crying." <laughs> there were there were some, you know. <coughs> so, anyways, know, moments. So, yeah. Anyway, I'm questioning our relationship. I'm oh, questioning my, oh my I'm questioning myself at this point. I'm with you. That's sad. What do I see in you? That's sad. I don't know. To be continued. <laughs> well, on that note. <laughs> I love you though a lot. Good, I love, love you more. My life. You're the love of my life, <laughs> weirdo. <laughs> love you. I love you. Bye.